Welcome to the Three Martini Lunch. Grab a stool next to Greg Corumbus of Radio America and Jim Garrity of National Review. Three Martinis coming up. It is a beautiful Friday, especially if you're here in the United States of America, compared to a lot of other places where chaos is going on. I'm Chad Benson in for Greg Corumbus. As always, Jim Garrity here is part of our Three Martini Lunch, and it's been an enjoyable week, but a chaotic, crazy week. And Jim... Uh, got to start with the good, the bad, the ugly. There's all kinds of places. Yesterday was just all bad. Today, we got a little good, at least when it comes to this, because the Ukrainians so far seem to be doing everything they can to hold their own. Yeah. Uh, now, look, this is all based on stuff as we know it or see it shortly before we started taping. By the time you hear it, it is conceivable the situation will change. But it certainly looks like that in the first 24 to 36 to, you know, I guess we're coming up on 48 hours tonight of the conflict. The Russian forces have not achieved any of their goals. They have not seized control of any of the cities. There's a little bit of back and forth talk about whether they control one of the airports outside Kiev, and that could be really critical. Apparently, at least the, the you know, the common perception of the Russian objectives are, are to get those airports secure them, be able to fly in light armor on planes and then go into Kiev, hunt down government officials, try to kill Zelensky, and then force whoever's left to sign a treaty that would effectively give Russia control of like half the country. Um, God knows if that's true. Clearly, Russia wants to do some version of that uh, to seize territory and, and you know either install a puppet state or create something where they are effectively in control of a big chunk or perhaps all of Ukraine. It is a, um, so the fact that they have not been able to achieve any of that, and it sounds like the Ukrainians are giving them as much hell as they can everywhere they can is, it is a good sign. Um, God knows if it's going to continue that, that situation. Um, I was not encouraged yesterday when I saw Biden saying, let's come back in a month and see how the sanctions are affecting Russia. I don't know if Zelensky has a month. I don't know if Zelensky is going to have dinner tonight. Uh, this is no. this is you know a desperate situation where the you know situation could change very very fast. So um, the idea, you know, I, I know the Russians, I know the Ukrainians want to hold out as long as possible. I know they want to make every inch of their territory as painful for Russia as possible. And uh, this morning there was a report from the Ministry of Defense in Ukraine. Their estimate of Russian uh, uh, casualties which were really high. Now, again, this may well be, I don't want to say propaganda, but let's just say it's potentially exaggerated, uh, the sheer amount of casualties. But the claim was Russia had, in the first 36 hours or so, Russia had lost 2,800 troops, 80 tanks, 516 armored vehicles, 10 airplanes, and seven helicopters. Now, even if that's half that, that's still a very hefty price for them to pay in the first day and a half of fighting there, Chad. Absolutely. And... You know, today, you know, you saw their ministry of defense. He's, he's out there saying, hey, let's make Molotov cocktails, anything you can. Uh, some 10,000, uh, you know, uh, guns were, were sent in and they seem to be hunkering down. And I was even watching their former president who is leading a, a battalion, uh, Petro Poroshenko. Uh, they are not going to go quietly. And, and we've talked to touched about this throughout the whole week. The, the difference between winning something and then occupying it are two separate things, and that's a lot of space to occupy, and I just, they're going to make it ugly. They're going to make them earn every bit of it, and, you know, I think they're holding out to make sure that this thing could become a nightmare for Putin, potentially at home, uh, but, you know, 
it's Putin, man. And, you know, he sleeps well. He sleeps well at night because he's Putin. Indeed. Uh, you'll forgive us that awkward transition on the topic of sleep, but it's time to talk about my pillow. And who doesn't love a great deal? Now, when you click on the My Listeners page and enter the promo code Martini, there are more than 20 deals for you to choose from. You can get the My Pillows for as low as $19.98. Get the My Slippers at 50% off. You can get the My Pillow towel sets at their lowest price ever, just $39.99. You can get 60% off any Giza Dream Sheets with a price as low as $39.99. Or you can get the free book with the promo code Martini. You will find all of these offers and more at MyPillow.com. Click the radio listener square and use the promo code Martini at checkout. Or call 1-800-874-0104. Right now, every order using the promo code Martini will receive Mike's new book, What Are the Odds? From Crack Addict to CEO Free. MyPillow.com, promo code Martini, or call 1-800-874-0104. So we move from uh, the good to the bad and bland, I guess. Uh, Kentonji Brown-Jackson is going to be nominated uh, for Supreme Court, I think everybody saw this. She was the name that popped up immediately when he said, I'm going to nominate a black woman, I promise. And, uh, you know, it's to me, it's like for like. Uh, the progressives will probably not be super thrilled. The Republicans will do what Republicans do, and the average person will just move on with their life. I was going to say, look, the fact that this is uh, created by a retirement of Stephen Breyer one of the three liberal justices, left-leaning justices, progressive justices, whichever term you prefer. Um, you know, again, as you said, this, this is not changing the balance on the court. This is not really changing the dynamics on the court. I have heard some of my colleagues contend that as if you're, if you're one of those who believes that, you know, worse is better when it comes to the nominees uh, put forth by Democratic presidents, that uh, Katanji Brown-Jackson is actually one of the weaker possibilities, not likely to persuade uh, John Roberts or anyone else who qualifies as a swing vote these days. I, I, you know, I, I, all things considered, and again, we are coming into the tail end of a uh, global pandemic. We'll talk a bit about that in our next Martini. Uh, Russia has invaded Ukraine. Uh, we have all kinds of issues with inflation, gas prices, food prices. I don't think this is going to turn into another titanic struggle nomination fight uh, nothing comparable to to obviously the Brett Kavanaugh fight or anything like that. I think this is going to be relatively quiet. I, I think most Republican senators will vote no. I think most Democratic senators will vote yes. I think three Republican senators voted for uh, Katanji Brown-Jackson for the uh, uh, D.C. Cir- uh, Court of Appeals. So I think it'll be something in that 52-48 range. And all things considered, I don't think it's going to be a... Um, giant controversy but i've been wrong before yeah i feel like it's going to be uh it's not going to be you know the kavanaugh thing they're not going to try to dig up a boyfriend that she kind of met 28 years ago and and she did something to or 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 you know I, you're not going to see people tied out front you know waiting trying to break in to complain about amy coney barrett it's just going to be kind of a non-starter and like you say there's some other people out there progressives would have loved to have seen uh the one thing it does is it gets them a little bit younger uh but outside of that eh, you know what the average person would be like what are you talking about yeah I, again considering the state of the country and the fact that the uh, whether you want to say it, conservative, strict constructionist, originalist, however you want to characterize the right of center justices, 
Um, the majority is intact. I, I, it's not going to change anything about the dynamic of this. It's possible you could have a big decision on abortion or something. I'm sure you'll get questions about it during the, uh, during the hearing process. But I think this is going to be seen as an also ran kind of news story in a very busy news cycle. Finally, speaking of something that just seems to have dropped off everybody's radar, that happens when the numbers collapse and people stop believing any of the stuff that these certain organizations like the CDC throw out. Uh, We're going to have some new masking guidelines. I don't know about you. I only wear my mask at work because they asked me to, and I haven't been wearing it all day because at some point I said, I've had enough of this, Jim, Uh, because I've got my shots and a booster and I've had it twice. I don't know what else I'm supposed to do. Uh, but uh, we're going to finally get some new updated masking rules. Yes, uh, and it's kind of this is both uh, reports of what the CDC is going to. Apparently, they're going to loosen is the word we're hearing uh, mask guidelines. It does come as I believe last I saw, forty nine of the fifty states either had you know withdrawn uh, their requirements to wear masks indoors or they had plans to do so in the near future. I think Hawaii was the, long, the lone holdout there. So this is kind of, you know, closing the door after the, after the horse has left the barn. Uh, but all in all, I think it's good to see. This also comes as, uh, you know, here in Fairfax County, uh, Fairfax County Public Schools was one of the absolute ardent holdouts against uh, Governor uh, Glenn Youngkin and his uh, argument that uh, parents should be allowed to decide for their kids. Uh, they just announced starting March 1st, which I believe is what's required under the law that was passed earlier this year. Yes, kids can go to school if not wearing masks if their parents uh, don't want them to. Glad to see it. Probably a little late. Um, I think it has been um, deeply frustrating. And, and I don't think everyone who works at the CDC is a power mad maniac. I do think they're very risk averse. And I do think they're comfortable living with limitations on their lives and recommending limitations on lives that the average American is just not comfortable with. And the the average American has a higher tolerance of risk. Uh, My suspicion is you don't have a lot of people who work at the CDC who spend their weekends skydiving. Um, You probably gravitate towards virology and public health if you are a very risk averse kind of person. So uh, good to see this. It's probably really late. I think most Americans have already made up their minds on this. But considering the Omicron wave has come and gone, cases are now down below uh, or right around where they were before Omicron came along. Hey, we can enjoy a COVID-free or relatively COVID-free spring. I think everybody's got as many, you know, much protection from the, uh, uh, the virus as they possibly can. A lot of folks, including myself, are in the situation you described, Chad. Vaxxed, boosted, had it. Our body's got the antibodies. Uh, you know, there's not much more we can do. It's time to go out and live our lives and, you know, just manage the risk as best we can if people we know are immunocompromised or have some other reason to worry. Again, it's the endemic phase, which is kind of what we everybody expected after a while. The big question, Jim, is the 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 next little variant, the next little bump, is it going to be everybody running out again and saying, mask up? six feet apart, don't look at each other, stay at home. That's, I think, the the question that people are worried about because they've already started moving on with their lives, but they're waiting for that moment that Mm -hmm. they start to get serious again when it comes to the non-elected bureaucrats. Yeah, waiting for the uh, other shoe to drop. I I do wonder, again, the reason we went into the full, you know, uh, lockdown, quarantine, stay at home, uh, response in March was that we had no protection. And at this point, we really, you know, it was, it was a novel virus. We knew it was more dangerous to the elderly. We knew it was more dangerous to people who are sick. But, you know, was, this was uncharted territory for us. I hadn't seen anything like it in 100 years. 
Then comes spring, the the, uh, the Delta wave. Well, by that point, a lot of Americans are vaccinated. Probably not as many as we'd like to see, but no. <laughs> We've got vax, we got boosted. We have so many tools now. We have more treatment options available that really there's not a need to go to that, you know, uh, societal shutdown stage again. So we will see how things shake out, but uh, yeah, I really don't see any reason for us to have to go to that. As you, part of it becoming endemic is it becomes something probably more comparable to flu season, which is that nobody likes flu season. If you get flu, you stay home, you take uh, medicine, maybe you check, go to the doctors, but you don't see society shutting down uh, every time there's a new flu bug going around. Yeah, well, it's uh, it's it's good to hear. Like you said, a, a little bit late, but uh, late's better than never. Uh, three martinis, wrapping it up. Good, the bad, the 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 crazy. It's just been one of those weeks for sure. Who knows what the weekend next week will hold, especially for people in the Ukraine. But as always, you guys will cover it. Uh, Greg will be back on Monday. Jim, you're always here. Follow me at Chad Benson Show. Jim, people want to get a hold of you. What do they do? I am at Jim Garrity on Twitter, and I link to pretty much everything I write there. Also at National Review, I write the Morning Jolt newsletter and write to the we submit to the corner usually several times a day. Chad, thank you for being with me, uh, with me on probably <laughs> it's never a slow week, but this was a particularly busy and uh, chaotic week uh, in in the news. Yeah, well, you know what? I enjoyed it. Thanks for having me, and uh, have a good weekend. Hi, it's Dana Lash, host of The Dana Show. Every day, I'm here to keep you up to speed on the most important stories and info that you need to know in your very busy life. And if you're always on the go and you want to stay connected, just download our daily podcast and take it with you. It's a great way to get up to speed on what you need to know and what legacy media may not be telling you. Visit danaradio.com and click on the podcast link or subscribe at iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.